Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet, U.S. equities mixed. We've got the S&P NASDAQ higher, the Dow's lower. Let's get right over to the first word breaking news desk for today's afternoon call. Here he is, Bill Maloney. And good afternoon, Charlie. Like you said, main U.S. averages are trading mixed right now as Netflix helps take the NASDAQ higher. Dow is currently lower by 60 points, while the S&Ps are a little changed, and NASDAQ is higher by 25. The small cap 600 is down three points, and the U.S. 10 yield at 2.26 percent. It has fallen below the 200-day moving average. Eight of the main 11 SP sectors are trading lower, led by losses in telecom, energy, and the materials. Technology, consumer discretionary, and utilities rose. NASA Biotech's fall four, transports dropped 65 Semis gain a point, and the VIX is up by 2%. Leaders to the upside in the Dow are J&J, Procter Gamble, and Visa. Goldman Sachs and Home Depot led to the downside. Netflix gained as much as 14% to a record after earnings, while Holly Davidson fell as much as 11.5% after its results. And note that IBM and United Continental Report after the bell. Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Charlie? All right. Thank you very much. Uh, and we'll check back with you uh, at the same time right here on Bloomberg Radio to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg uh, type squawk, S-Q-U-A-W-K, on your terminal. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you, Charlie. I am Julie Hyman in the New York studio today. Uh, we still haven't entirely figured out who's in for Carol Masser and who's in for Corey Johnson, but Michael McKee is with me today, and this is Bloomberg Radio. Right at the top, that's the way you rank. Honey, better than money in the bank. Everybody loves money in the bank. Unfortunately, there wasn't enough of it for Bank of America and Goldman Sachs today. Both of them reporting earnings. Uh, both of them, two very different financial institutions, one in Charlotte, one in New York. Uh, one CEO is tall. The other is uh, rather short. Um, but other than that, they, they had one thing in common, and that is that they disappointed investors. Uh, Marty Mosby is a banking analyst in Finding Sparks in Memphis, and Laura Keller is our ace financial reporter here at Bloomberg News, uh, Laura, you did the breakdown. Tell us uh, where each one of them came up short. Right, or positively, because there were some positives, certainly. Bank of America, you know, consumer business, very strong. Uh, trading better than expected, still weak and down, but good um, in that sense. And then, all, and then NII, net interest income, which is really one of the fundamental pieces of banking, that was not good. On the Goldman side, you know, trading was really the only thing that was bad, but it was quite bad. Uh, Marty, explain something to me, because everybody keeps talking about how uh, net interest margins and net interest income should be improving. But if you look at yields in the second in, in the last quarter, if you look at the yield curve or the spread between shorter and longer term treasuries, all of that compressed. So how are net interest margins supposed to be rising when, even though the Fed is raising rates, yields are not going up? Uh, Julie, that's a great question. Uh, and what I would highlight is that if you look at these banks' balance sheets and you look at where the funding is, the funding is in money market demand accounts, which is a managed account where you can actually lag those deposit rates as the Fed funds rate pushes floating rate loans higher. That represents a net 40% of these banks' balance sheets. And we'll see even more of this come to fruition as you see the super regional banks report 
that don't have the same pressure that the money center banks do with institutional and corporate depositors. So even if you look within Bank of America's numbers, within the consumer bank, their deposit costs didn't edge up at all. That's a foreshadowing of what we're going to see in the likes of SunTrust or Zions or Huntington, uh, which are banks that will benefit from what we're talking about here in this dynamic. So the short end of the curve matters much more in the first 100 basis points of the rise than the long end of the curve does. Which raises a question then, um, Laura, and I, I guess I could ask both of you. Uh, what, which one is worse off for their miss? It sounds like Goldman is, is the one that has the real problem because it's a matter of, uh, business strategy rather than just the, the vagaries of the markets. Right. I think Goldman, if we had to choose which one is worse off from this quarter and the results, it probably would be Goldman because Goldman, first of all, has far fewer businesses. I mean, they talk certainly about these new online consumer tools, Marcus, for example, but trading is extremely core to something like investment bank Goldman. Bank of America, yes, net interest income is declined, yeah, did decline by 100 million this quarter. But it has so many other businesses that it does rely on. So I think if we had to choose one or the other, it would be Goldman. And that's reflected in the stock price as well. Goldman Sachs is down uh, almost 2.5%. Bank of America only off about a third of a percent at this point. So it's it's actually come way back from the lows of the session. Um, Marty, you mentioned the super regionals. Um, it sounds like you are much more optimistic on, on those, which we're going to be starting to hear from uh, much more over the next week or so, um, as opposed to some of these other banks, because those the super regionals don't have much to do with trading at all. That's exactly right. They don't have the pressures coming from the subdued trading activity right now. They get the you know concentration in the two things that are working that we've seen so far this earnings season, uh, higher net interest margins when you look at just the retail bank. And on the other side, you have lower credit costs. They actually imagine that loan loss provisionings are actually a little bit down when everybody was, you know, so anxious about seeing an uptick in credit costs, which just isn't materializing at all. So those two drivers are really what make the super regional banks really stand out. The other thing that I would say is I'll give you a flash, a news flash. We upgraded Bank of America this morning after we went through the earnings because, you know, the one thing that we just talked about that they did poorly on was net interest income. But yet, if you look at some adjustments that happened in the sense that they sold their credit card company, which, you know, part of their credit card company from the UK, which actually generates net interest income, on the flip side, uh, they had less charge-offs uh, and they had less expenses. So it makes NII look artificially low. And then they had some trading mechanisms where they took a loss in NII, which generated a positive over in trading, you know, fee income. So when you take out that four to $500 million of NII, if you put that back in, uh, you know, what we were just talking about is a declining NII number really uh, was increasing just as it would have or should have, and the stock would have reacted much better today if those uh, couple of uh, transitory uh, events didn't occur in this particular quarter. Marty Mosby from Vining Sparks, thank you very much for joining us today. And as always, it's lovely to have Laura Keller join us, a financial reporter from Bloomberg News, watching the shares of Goldman Sachs right now down by 2.4%, 223.80. Bank of America at 23.94 is down three tenths. I'm Michael McKee, along with Julie Hyman. This is Bloomberg Radio, Bloomberg Markets.